0: Let's talk about last words. Getting the last word. Now, there's are probably a few here this morning that like to get the last word. I'm not looking for names. I'm not looking for you to point while they're not watching, all right? Let's just say there's such a thing as getting that last word. So what's the purpose or intent of getting the last word? Well, some don't want to lose an argument. They're not open to reason. They just want to be right. Some are in situations or circumstances where it kind of requires it. Maybe they're the CEO of a company. They have to have the final word. Maybe they are the head chef at a restaurant. They have to have the last word on what is being served us that week. But whatever the case is, oftentimes there is a last word. I was thinking about that when I read, on, read up on some famous last words. For example, it's reported that after Bob Hope's wife, Dolores, asked him, where do you want to be buried? He replied, this surprised me. And then there was famous Charlie Chaplin, who after a priest said to him, may the Lord have mercy on your soul, he replied, well, why not? After all, it belongs to him. So we have all these famous last words. We have people who like to guess the last word. And for me, and this is my sole one-liner, the resurrection is God's last word. It is God having the final word. During this past week, we often refer to as Holy Week. Various traditions often recognize the seven last words of Jesus on the cross. Jesus uttered from the cross as he slowly passed away such words as, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Or, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or, maybe one of the most memorable, it is finished. And it's in the power of these last words that they usually end up defining what is going to happen next. It is the power of these last words that says this is how it's going to be and this is how it will be. Now maybe it's not us having the final word, but something or someone has the final word on our life. Let's look at it in that direction. Often when I meet with folks for counseling or spiritual direction, there always seems to be a marker event in their life something which has defined them or has left what feels for them like the last word on their life. I talk with folks who are very aware of failing somewhere in their past, or it affected not only them but possibly others as well. It's been years since it happened, but yet the shame still lingers on. They feel forever defined by that one moment, that one moment of failure, that one moment of bad decision-making. It has had the last word on their life and their identity. For some, it's a significant or traumatic loss, the loss of a loved one or a friend to a death. It could be the loss of a job or the loss of a relationship through breakup or divorce. All these kinds of losses, they carry with them this own kind of grief, and all of these losses can leave a mark on a person's soul. And for some, it becomes that final word or that last word on their life's journey, and they carry with them the grief of sorrow and often sadness. And then I meet others where it may have been a moment of rejection, A moment of abandonment. They're left with that lingering feeling of never feeling valued or accepted or worthy. The final word or the last word on their life feels something like this. You don't matter. You aren't worthy. You're invisible. And so they spend a lifetime trying to overcome these final words as they seek approval, acceptance, and validation. And these final words and these last words—they stick to us like labels, like name tags that we wear every day. And we feel like we have the stare of people reading our labels. Oh, look, there's the divorcee, or look, there's the one who had the affair, or there's the alcoholic, or there's the drug addict, or there's the widow or widower, there's the one who has unruly kids, or there's the one who's seemingly spiritually lost. And sometimes we're the ones wearing those labels, those last words that seemingly define us. Sometimes we're the ones slapping the labels on others and exercising our power of having the final words over people's lives. But in reality, none of this has the final word, and none of us has the final word over life, over one another, or over ourselves. The final word belongs to God, and this is the resurrection, and this is the power of the resurrection. Martin Cobrahaver is a pastor, an author, and he puts it this way. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, it is clear that our God is the kind of God who insists on having the last word. To be clear, the second-to-last word, which can be very powerful, can be given to something else. Despair, estrangement, hurt, evil, and even death. But our God insists on having the very last word, and that is always a word of hope, reconciliation, goodness, and life. So we go into this day asking ourselves the question, how much of our lives have been given over to something else? To those second to last words like hurt, like evil, like death, like rejection, like abandonment, like failure. When we embrace those second to last words and we allow them to have the final word on our life, we're unable to hear the last word from God that brings life, that brings goodness, that brings hope, that brings redemption, that brings reconciliation, and that brings wholeness. In the resurrection, God has the final word. God has the last word. God has the decisive word. Up to that point, everything else tried to have the final word. Even leading up to his death, God was having the final word in Jesus. When they came to arrest Jesus and one of his disciples responds in violence and pulls out a sword and chops off an ear, Jesus simply says, put the sword away. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And Jesus had the last word on violence. And when he hung from the cross and his executioners stood by while he died, he said to them, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus had the last word on hate. And when Jesus passed and he had fully absorbed all that the hate and darkness could throw at him, he simply said this, it is finished. And he had the final word. And then after the resurrection, and I agree with Lisa, I love the post-resurrection stories. After the resurrection, God and Jesus had the last word on people's lives. Words of hope, words of forgiveness and redemption. To the disciples locked up in a room out of fear, Jesus said to them, simply this peace be with you. And so to all of us this morning who find ourselves locked up in fear, who find ourselves locked up in anxiety, who find ourselves locked up in fear in such a way that we don't want to leave our space, we don't want to go anywhere, we don't want to risk anything, Jesus says, peace be with you. To Thomas, who doubted his faith, who doubted in the resurrection, Jesus didn't chastise him, but he offered his presence, and he said simply, disbelieve. And to those who struggle in our faith, and to those who struggle with doubt, Jesus doesn't chastise us. He simply extends his presence, and he invites us to believe and start from where we are right at that point. And to Peter, who denied Jesus three times, Jesus meets him after his resurrection. And his last word to Peter wasn't this. He didn't say to Peter, you failed me. But he simply said this, love me and feed my sheep. So when we fail in our faith... Jesus' last word to us is that you failed again. But his last word is simply this, get back up. Just get back up. I love you. Love me as best as you can, and then go back into the world and do what you do best. God and Jesus always has the last word on our life. People don't have the last word. Circumstances don't have the last word. Society doesn't have the last word. Our failures, our shame, our mistakes don't have the last word. God in Jesus in the resurrection always has the final word on our life. Here are the words of a portion of our scripture that Deanna read this morning. Quote, I'm convinced, Paul writes, that nothing can separate us. From God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, angels or rulers, present things or future things. Not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. This is God's love having the final word, the last word on our lives. It is a word of love, a love from which we can never be separated. And it's pretty comprehensive. Hear everything that Paul writes. Nothing can separate us. Death or life, angels, rulers, present things, future things, powers, height, depth, Anything that is created, that is as comprehensive as you can get. Paul says nothing can separate you from God's amazing love. Resurrection has a final word, friends. It has the last word on creation, and it has the last word on our lives. But it's not a negative word. It's a good word. It's a life-giving word. It's a powerful word that breathes into us aliveness and energy and hope. Brian McLaren puts it this way. Risen indeed, hallelujah. For death is not the last word. Violence is not the last word. Hate is not the last word. Money is not the last word. Intimidation is not the last word. Political power is not the last word. Condemnation is not the last word. Betrayal and failure is not the last word. No, each of them are left like rags in a tomb. And from that tomb arises Christ, alive. And that, friends, has the last word on our life. What have you and I allowed to have the last word on who we are? Who have we allowed to have the last word on who we are? Believe this, embrace this, hope in this. God and God's love has the last word on everything we are about. And it showed up in the resurrection, when Christ rose from the dead, when everything that was dead and And alive, defined, everything that numbed us, everything that brings hate and violence was finally put to rest. And God's final word in Jesus was hope and joy and life.